This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone. I'm Judy Liebrach. Welcome to Finding Your Bliss, a show that helps you find and follow your bliss. Today, we're leaping into the world of dance with one of the most incredible and world-renowned dancers, choreographers, teachers, and performing artists. Her name is Serena Candelo. And also on today's show, our featured artist is the incredible singer-songwriter Amy Skye. So before I tell you more about our illustrious guest, Serena, here's a quote, which is simply that life is better when you dance. Meet Serena Candelo. She has integrated her love for life as a stage and film director, choreographer, dancer, educator, motivational speaker, television host, and founder of Learning by Heart Performing Arts Studio based out of Toronto, Canada. For over 30 years, Serena has traveled the planet studying how humanity and divinity are experienced through the performing arts. By combining dance and theatrical elements, mime and expressive art modalities from all over the world, Serena has invented a teaching methodology that inspires and galvanizes children, adults, and international artists everywhere and anywhere that she visits. Completing two undergrad degrees in fine arts and education at the University of Manitoba, York University, and University of Toronto, and completed her master's and PhD coursework at Ontario Institute for Studies in Education, Boise. As a TV personality, she's appeared on global TV's Pop Stars, Big Voice, and she's been a movement coach for Battle of the Blades. Serena has also created and starred in two TV series, Way Off Broadway and The Barefoot Dancer. She also is working on a new TV show called JJ's Dance Adventures, a preschool creative dance series. She's choreographed for Canadian musical artists such as Mark Jordan, Amy Skye, Olivia Newton-John, and Jane Sibbery, and many more. Her award-winning documentary, Thank You Tanzania, profiled her first arts camp that she facilitated alongside her three teenagers at an orphanage for hundreds of heroic and inspirational Tanzanian orphans affected by HIV and AIDS. Thank You Tanzania has been screened throughout North America and won countless Film Festival Awards. To date, Serena has created, produced, and directed over 100 musical theater productions for adults and children. Her dance classes, designed for her neighbors and community seniors, has been running for 20 plus years. And her work as a performing artist in inner city Toronto, with the Inner City Angels and Mariposa in the schools, has touched the lives of thousands of immigrants, refugees, internally displaced and migrant children. And all of these funds that have been raised have supported her charity, Childhood Now, an organization that brings arts programming to children in Africa and First Nations communities. Serena has been running dance classes for educators and young children in Manitoba, 
Quebec, and Ontario for over three decades. To this day, Serena travels the world studying dance wherever she goes. And in 2021, just recently, Serena, along with her business partner, Sarah Ferris, launched a new platform which focuses on the importance of movement for people over 50, combining the incredible benefits of dance for the brain and body and fitness workouts for strength. This venture has reached hundreds of women across the country, keeping them fit, happy, and connected. Serena teaches the dance classes at Sassafit, and one of the most popular ones is called the Dance Memory Booster Class, and it's proven to be the most popular class for all of the subscribers. Her dance classes are a fun adventure, and they train your body and mind simultaneously. I kept hearing for years how everybody loves dancing with Serena. And I know I did when I joined her class on a recent Sunday morning. It reminded me, as Oprah says, that every day brings a chance for you to draw in a breath, kick off your shoes and dance. And that is exactly one of the gifts, and there are many, that our special guest brings to the world. Serena Candelo, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Oh my goodness. I was listening. I'm like, is that me? Because <laughs> I've been doing what I love for so long that I forget what I have accrued in terms of this breadth of experience. But it is me. And it's just indicative of somebody following their heart and somebody doing what, they're, what they love every single day for almost their entire life. So I joined your private class, Serena, of 75 women a few days ago online on Zoom, and it actually blew me away. Can you tell us about this weekly private Zoom class that you do every Sunday? And this past week, it was the theme of R&B, and it was quite incredible. Can you describe this private class of 75 people? Because it felt so intimate, but I know there were 75 women there because I saw them. How did this all evolve? I love inspiring people to move. It's, it's my happy place. It's my blissful spot when I'm in the midst of whirling and twirling and <laughs> jumping and leaping humans, whether they're three years of age or 88 years of age, I feel most at home in that almost chaotic, but deeply heart-driven space where feet are planted on the earth and top of the head is beaming up to the heavens. You feel like you're a channel of sorts. So when COVID hit, I started doing these Facebook Live classes and they were building up a momentum. And then I decided to create a private space so I could really dig deeper into dance ethnography and music history. And it wasn't too pedantic and it wasn't too heavy handed. I would just show up. I would speak two minutes at the top of the class and I'd say, this is, the, this is the theme, not unlike a book club where you find a book and you come around and you have wine and you speak about the book, the dance club is very much in alignment like that, except all the dancers are muted. And, but I see them, I experience them and we dance with a theme. So you jumped in on rhythm and blues. And, and I would say the, 
The main purpose of this is to engage community in the spirit of play and joy and bathe ourselves with music that we know or don't know. And just for that 30 minutes of unabashed enthusiasm and sheer delight uh, with moving your body to rhythm, feet with your, with feet acquisition. It is for me, like it's a powerful way to connect to my community and beyond for those women and some men are across the country and even as far down as Florida and California. And so even, you know, I can't be in my community environment, but I can do this. And it is just every week we have five more, 10 more, 20 more. And the age range is mind blowing from 15 years of age to 88 years of age. People join my club to learn a little bit about music or the history of dance. And then the truth is we dance we dance and dance and dance to the very, very end of that 30 minutes. It's so incredible. And I want the listeners to, to just to visualize this. Your studio's gorgeous and it, it's spacious and it's clean and beautiful and bright. And I don't know what it was, but it kind of felt like we were right there. And I don't know if it's the way you are so engaging and you're talking to the camera, but it feels like you're really talking to each and every person in the class. And I have to tell you, though, I had a very interesting reaction. I'm not a confident dancer, Serena. I'm not. I'm. It's not my first language. I can sing, I can talk, uh, but I'm not so comfortable as a dancer. And I don't know what happened, but when Rolling in the Deep came on, I started to bawl my eyes out. I know that's shocking. Bawled my eyes out. But the minute I did, it was the most wonderful, cathartic release. And from that moment on, I just started to feel good and happy and, and motivated and not embarrassed about my dancing. And I thought, okay, Judy, just watch Serena's steps. You'll get it. And it started to come. And by the end, I was just like exhilarated. I just felt exhilarated. So I went from the gamut of, wow, nice song. That's so lovely. I, thank you for the shout out to uh, crying, to laughing, to just having the most wonderful. So is that a common experience? Because I was going, wow, that's how that Judy, it is, it truly is a common experience. And I think what, what happens with our bodies is our emotional um, experiences get locked in our muscles, in our bones, in our blood. And a lot of us are moving through these challenging times without fully expressing ourselves. You know, community, when community gets together, one thing that community does, it defines who we are. You know, we, we gather with a powerful purpose and it gives us definition. And that has sort of uh, eroded somewhat due to these times. And when, when, when we're dancing together, I think a few things are happening. One, we're touching a part of our brain that is primal and that is all knowing. This is how we expressed our humanity. For thousands and thousands and thousands of years, we danced, we sang, we told story, stories, we played drums, we laughed together, we cried together. So that's one thing. I think it's just part of the human experience to dance. And when you strip dance from that human experience, 
now, now that you know how it feels, um, life is just a little darker. When, when the dance jumps back into your life, it's a light, it's lighter and there's more optimism. So that's one thing. Two, you know, when we're bending, stretching and twisting our spine and our, our lungs are opening and the music, we hear the music and it's pouring through our ears, our hearts become engaged. Those songs stimulate memories. They stimulate this sort of um, impetus or, or desire to move your hips. And that, I think, in, in, in fact, is an emotional experience. And then finally, when we actually are in action, the body is the, you know, the aerobic capacity is moving and the the hip joints are opened up, right? Because I'm doing a lot of the vocabulary works, the synovial joints. So shoulders and hips and spine is undulating (laughs) that, that you start feeling your, your inherent vitality, right? There's an inherent vitality that is released and it's 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 medicine dance is medicine and what you experienced judy is just that is you you had a, a beautiful dose of of medicine <laughs> <laughs> i i felt that way and i think you're absolutely accurate that it just touches some part of you and it and it's almost like we need to dance and i had forgotten that and this was a beautiful reminder of what that was i love when you touched on the fact that you have from 15-year-olds to 88-year-olds. And I know of a 73-year-old named Arlene. And I want to roll the clip of what she thinks of you and how much she loves what you do and how it's changed her life. It's completely and totally made her life and changed her life. Let's roll that clip from one of Serena's students of five years, a regular named Arlene. Arlene is a 73-year-old woman who listens to Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio every week. And she's been transformed by Serena Condello's dance classes and by Sassafit. And here is what she had to say about her experience with Serena Condello. Arlene, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Hi, Judy. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so happy to talk to you, Arlene, because I know that you've been taking Serena Condello's classes for almost five years now, and you have raved to me about how transformative and life-changing her classes are and how wonderful she is. Can you tell us about your experience doing dance with Serena Condello? Well, Serena is a very exceptional woman, and I was very, very blessed that a good friend told me about her. Um, I'm not a dancer by any means, but I always wanted to dance. And it was my first time with her when I was around 68 years old. And I went over to um, the studio she was working from. And there were a number of older women there um, who had been dancing with her for years. And I came in, I was feeling shy and Serena came up and a big hug invited me. And I started dancing with everyone and I felt like I was uh, really wooden compared to everybody else. These these women were floating through the room and um, I was going in the wrong direction a lot of the time. And my arms were like, I wasn't even using them properly. And Serena was saying, okay, Arlene, she was really encouraging. And uh, 
telling me what to do, that it's okay, you can make mistakes, uh, don't worry about going in the wrong direction. I found her so supportive and she was so amazing. Um, at the front of the room, she was dancing. It was like her feet weren't even touching the ground. And she's so filled. She's so filled with joy. Everything she does, she's just so exuberant. And uh, she would teach us steps. And um, um, I just found it was like an unreal experience being with her. And um, uh, over the years, I became less inhibited about my dancing and my wooden arms became more swan-like according to my husband. And uh, But Serena is, is really a very special, beautiful person. Her soul, she's just incredible. She's generous. She wants us all to love dancing the way she loves it. And um, often I'm so filled with joy dancing with her that I'm almost feeling like I'm going to cry. And sometimes I do at the end. She has a very special quality, shining quality. She radiates such joy and happiness. And I feel so very, very grateful. And it's been a wonderful five years. And I hope I stay alive long enough to have another 20 with her. And uh, she's she very extraordinary woman. That's so awesome. I want to thank you, Arlene, for being on Finding Your Bliss today. And I want to tell our listeners that Arlene is also a singer. So Arlene, I hope you'll come back and sing for us very soon on the program. Is that something you might do for us? Well, that's very exciting. I'd love to sometime. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for being on Finding Your Bliss. Thanks, Judy. So that was Arlene. Tell me about Arlene and your other vintage dancers and what you've been able to do for them, because it's pretty fantastic. So the Vintage Dancers was a group that formed about 20 years ago. And a woman by the name of Judy Sarek approached me and said, at the time she was 65, and she said, "I would you be willing to do a gentler class for my <laughs> friends? And I said, absolutely. And so Judy brought together about 40 of her friends, and I asked them, what should you, what should you call yourselves? And w- this one woman said, let's call us the Vintage dancers. And so for 20 years, the vintage dancers from 65, some, some of them might have been in their early 60s, continue to dance with me. They, they still dance with me to this day. Um, some, some of them have passed, like the beautiful Lois from Sharon, Lois and Bram. She was one of my dancers. And actually Sharon and Lois came to Africa with me to work on a project there. And then Sharon and Bram came to Africa with me at uh, another time to also uh, integrate their love for singing and chants with young children. Uh, anyway, it was a time to come together. We would meet sometimes twice a week. I would teach them the dances of the world. And I certainly did not deal with the class in a ginger kind of way. I said, if you're here to dance, we're going to dance. And and dance we did. We also performed. I would do Israeli dance, African dance, Cuban dance. Um, and they just loved it. And when the pandemic hit, they were my number one fans. And all of them are on that dance club and they're on Sassafit. So, and I felt like I was with, because most of them are about 25 years older than me. Um, 20 to 25. 
I felt like I was with my mom or my grandmother. Like they just embraced me. And, you know, moments I, I went through in my life were very, very challenging. And they were always there. They, even though they didn't know the challenge as I, I was facing, those vintage dancers always picked me up. And imagine they've been dancing 20 years <laughs> with me. Arlene has the body of a 20-year-old, but she's in her 70s. And when she dances, I think she feels like 20 again. What is it about your class that helps people learn to dance and love it? Well, I I think I just want to just for a second unpack what dance means to me. Because I think that will also inform Arlene's perception because it sort of is the way I build my class. So dance to me is one of the most extraordinary of art forms. Um, Not just because it's a like a rendered symbolic statement of life, which we see all the time on stage. They always say, you know, life's like a dance. But I, I actually feel it's life itself. It's life itself. It is our bodies in motion. And it is self-accepting no matter what age, what size, what ability. The methodology is to embrace that human being in front of me and to give them a launching pad to explore and express themselves through dance. And so I think that permission given just the mere fact that I'm giving people permission to move the way we move um, in that class just opens their hearts and they feel like for they're just not trapped anymore. They're, they're free and they are feeling their heart um, in rhythm to their feet. Do you get excited when you see a young dancer? I have a niece who's 13 years old in Montreal who knew you. I couldn't believe it. I said, Elizabeth, I'm doing a show with Serena Candela. She said, I know her. <laughs> she said, I love her. She's amazing. So you're famous everywhere. And she's a natural dancer. But not all people are good at dancing. And I once read, just because you can't dance doesn't mean you shouldn't dance. Can you turn people into better dancers? You know, there's an African proverb, Judy, and you just said a little bit about this proverb. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's (laughs) moving in that direction. It goes something like this. If you can talk, you can sing. And if you can walk, you can dance. You, You know, there's one thing about Western society that always stresses me out when it comes to dance. Because we in the Western world focus on form and technique of the dancer. That is how we're conditioned to see dance. You know, that's, that's a great dancer. That's not such a good dancer. Oh my gosh, look how their, their extension in, in Africa and, and African, um, like Afro Cuba, it's the energy that takes precedent over form. So it's the vitality. It's the enthusiasm. It's the way you strike at the beat. You might not be able to strike it like a 19 year old, but if you put, put that energy into it, it's that notion of effabism. Actually, it's, it's part of an African aesthetic that the community will applaud. For me and the way I teach dance, is everybody's a dancer and there's no such thing as a bad dancer. If you can show me just a little bit of energy and spunk and vitality, 
through moving your hips or shoulders. As far as I'm concerned, in my books, you are a brilliant dancer. That is fantastic. We're going to go on a short commercial break. When we come back, more with Serena Candelo. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zuma Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. We are joined by dancer, choreographer, and teacher extraordinaire, Serena Candelo. Another thing that I love that you do, and this is your memory booster class, can you explain what this is? So what I do in the memory booster is I link steps to narrative. When you first look at it, it seems actually like we're playing and it, it is very playful. For example, um, last week I did a whole class about winter wonderland. So there was a step that was called putting on your boots. Then there was another step that was called walking in the snow, <laughs> jumping on your toboggan. What does that look like? Let's go for a skate. What does that look like? Okay, do you remember those four things? I keep layering and layering and layering. And at the end of the class, I don't say a word for four minutes. And the viewer or the dancers do the entire dance with me through memory. I truly believe there's parts of our brain that that is undiscovered real estate or a secret garden. And there is a little gate at that secret garden. And every time we walk away from the opportunity to engage that part of the brain, that secret garden gardener puts up another board. And so what I'm trying to do is to explore that secret garden, take down the boards. There is a whole other world out there when it comes to engaging our brains um, through not only oppositional movement by but by chunking these steps. And so the process, I didn't design it, develop it. All I'm doing is in my creative dance formula, I put together a class with a purpose to enhance memory. And so the vision is for my subscribers to keep doing that class, that 25-minute class, until you have it completely memorized. This Friday, I'm doing a dance about the ocean. So there will be a story so that they can remember a four minute dance quickly in 25 minutes. I also want to tell Serena, the listeners that as I've been having this conversation with you and I'm so, uh, feel so joyful to be able to see you as we're having this conversation, Serena is moving. <laughs> she is dancing. She is dancing in the moment throughout this interview. And I love it because it really shows who you are. It's like the coolest thing. I'm going to totally jump to a whole other area. You once said, those who don't believe in fairies will never find them. And I love that quote. 
Can you elaborate on what you meant by that? You know, for me, the concept of fairy or fairies could be like your imagination or the universal love or the things that we cannot see, but are present in the invisible world. So if I don't believe in the possibility of creating, for example, um, new connections with people from a far off land, if I can't, if I don't believe it, even though it's not in front of me, I will never, ever be able to embrace it or create it. And a lot of my friends will say, you know, I've, I've created this project or this dance. And it's not going anywhere. And I say to them, you have planted the seeds. When a, when a farmer plants seeds in the ground and covers the earth, you do not see those seeds. You do not see the roots growing from those seeds. It takes a while to see the first little shoot that pushes out from the earth. And then all of a sudden it starts to grow. So in a way, that's what I meant. Like you have to believe in the unknown, in the invisible, or it will never manifest. You'll never be able to touch it, taste it, experience it. Because most of the things that I have created truly came from an, from a thought and me either walking or in an empty room like just sitting or standing in an empty room. And that's, it's because I could see it and feel it and believe it like the fairies, like the fairies. So that's what it meant. I love that. And and this started, I think, in your childhood with this land of make-believe and creativity and the imagination. You grew up in Winnipeg. Your mother was a visual artist. Your father was a professional wrestler promoter who was almost legendary. And your childhood was filled with this make-believe and the wonders of the imagination. And I'm wondering, is this, do you think, where you developed your love for all of this, for creating theater and dance and magic? Uh, first of all, that's incredible that you know all that about me. <laughs> uh, and you're absolutely right. I began creating experiences for children on my street when I was eight years old. So, you know, um, I, I created an underwater underworld adventure or a haunted house. Like I was constantly creating experiences, creative experiences for the, for others. I just have always loved that place where one can play, where one can create, where the imagination is ignited and the heart is, is present and joy, palpable joy is evident. That is my sweet spot. <laughs> and that sense of play and imagination is at the heart of everything I do. Even though I'm getting older and older and older, I still remain in that playful, pliable, joyful space that you usually see in children one to seven or eight. That's why I've made it my life to do my best to be a champion of the young child and give them opportunities where they can be as creative and playful as possible through the arts. Do you remember the first time as a little girl where you stood on a stage and felt alive from dance? <laughs> I was two. I was two. And my my mom put me in a dance class when I was two. And I and I had a little bathing suit and it said Miss Italy on it. <laughs> it was a tap dance. And I have never stopped dancing. 
you've done so much. You've created over a hundred musical theater productions. And I first came to know of you, Serena, you may not know this from your beautiful wizard of Oz television show. I, when I heard about you and you created the way off Broadway television show in 2012, which aired on Bravo. I remember this right before smash the show about the Broadway musical based on the life of Marilyn Monroe and producer Leslie Fruman described your show way off Broadway as sort of a docu-soap. How would you describe it? And can you tell us how you auditioned for this and what the end result was like? So the vision was to take amateurs that have never stood on a stage before and in a very short period of time, put on a full Broadway musical. And we as a production team would watch their journey and I would coach them in trying to find their brilliance and, and their confidence to stand on stage and, and really express and explore their creative side. So that was the vision. Now, <laughs> as you know, in the world of theater and when you are under that kind of time frame, it's a bit of a pressure cooker. So lots of things will unfold. So it, it provided for some interesting insight to what happens when the, when the spirit that is usually, let's say, stultified is given permission and coached to go on stage and, and explore their genius through singing and dancing. And it was a very, uh, I would say successful experience. That's so fantastic. In 2005, you founded your arts-based charity program, The Big Little Caravan of Joy, traveling to Africa every summer for months at a time. And I believe you've been to Africa seven times, maybe more. Your roving performing arts camp has inspired orphans and underprivileged children and those who care for them through the natural language of creative play, circus, and performance arts. Tell me about this connection to Africa and Indigenous communities as a dancer. I mean, where did this all begin with Africa? So first of all, credit must be given to where it's due. And it's my mentor and my African teacher, Kwasi Dunyo from Ghana. So when I was in Toronto, uh, it was probably 20 years ago, I danced with Kwasi in his uh, his group called Kikeli. And he taught me about 10 African dances and then said, Serena, come with me where you're going to come to my village. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to Africa quasi. I, I, I can't see myself going. I still have young kids at home. He said, you are going to come with me. And so I, I ended up going to study dance and he just opened up an entire world. The focus of the trip was to learn Ghanaian dances and, and drum technique through his incredible school that he runs in his small village called Dagbabate. And what happened is the children started coming around me and I, I was like, okay, what am I going to do with the kids? And because I was a creative dance teacher and a drama teacher for Inner City Angels in Mariposa, I just started playing all the dance and, cr and creative drama games with them. And word got around and every day more and more children showed up you know, where I was staying, Serena, play monster with me. And finally it was, I think I, I counted a hundred kids. And as I went home from my trip, I went, there's something that I can 
give back or create relationships with. And maybe they can teach me how to do this. And that's really how it came to be was this desire to have a deeper connection with the children and work with African artists. And it just grew and grew and grew. And I uh, joined forces with a woman by the name of Nikki Potter, who was running Childhood Now. And together we built our charity, which became, you know, 50% arts-based. And then part of it also uh, supports orphans and orphaned and vulnerable children in uh, South Africa, mostly in KwaZulu-Natal. And it became almost a calling for me. And I, I would raise money. And for, for 10 years, I went to Africa implementing, training African artists to implement their own programs. Actually, I was really uh, clear about how I wanted to go about this work. It was about me sharing my tricks of the trade, for them to share their tricks of the trade, and then empowering and giving them the opportunity to empower their community children. And, and that's how it worked. I ran a recreational center for Indigenous children. I realized that I'm doing all this work in Africa. I need to join forces with somebody who reaches up north. And I created a partnership with Right to Play. And we've been, I think, 75 communities so far um, providing arts-based experiences in the most northern of communities, mostly in B.C., Manitoba and Ontario. So fantastic. Your film, Thank You, Tanzania, was based on your 2007 trip to rural Tanzania. And I know it's been screened. It's won numerous film festival awards and accolades for best feature film documentary. It's been seen all over the world. Uh, Can you tell me about this film? Absolutely. So I joined forces with an organization called the Olive Branch in Tanzania. And the vision was to go to Tanzania and run an arts-based camp for six weeks. And my kids were going to come with me and they were going to help me run it. And we were going to document how the art experience really impacted the, the orphans of that community. But when I came back, what I realized when we started looking at the, the footage, we captured more of a reaction of three teenagers to a, their first experience in Africa. And it's so interesting because recently I asked my son, Quentin, did that trip to Tanzania when you were 15 affect you? And he said, it has changed my life to this day. And I didn't see any indication of that for 10 years, I'll tell you. I'm like, I guess that had no impact. But it's like the seeds that the gardener plants. You don't see the sprouts until that plant comes to full fruition. And it was the same with my three kids. Until they were fully living an adult life and they could look back at their teen years and the things that formed and shaped them. That was one of the number one experiences that created a personal philosophy. So, and that particular trip really was a springboard for my commitment to continue doing this work. And what I realized, it's really, really important to collaborate because that project didn't have as much collaboration. When I saw the footage, I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing here? It's, I'm just running the show. 
And that's not empowering. So it, it, even though the, the documentary was so incredible and insightful and the experience hit me and I changed it up, I started collaborating with artists and seeing them as my teachers and how I can just empower them so they can continue their work in Africa. And my notion of being a volunteer in Africa changed forever. I want to just ask you briefly about this, about the Barefoot Dancer. You produced 65 episodes over seven seasons of this TV series, which was a workout for the mind, body and soul. It was seen all over the world and is played, in fact, on Vision TV and One TV, which is part of Moses Neimer's media conglomerate. What is the Barefoot Dancer? So the story of the creation of the Barefoot Dancer is really interesting. So Amy Skye, who is a Canadian icon, singer, songwriter, performer, you know, an incredible friend to me. She was taking my dance classes and she said, the technique you use, this fluid technique that opens up the shoulders and the hips and your use of imagery and breath. She said, more people need to experience this. I can see you doing a TV show. And Amy, because for some reason she's fallen into my life as my fairy godmother. I spoke to her the other day. I'm like, Amy, have you realized that my whole career, you are in front of it throwing golden fairy dust at me? Come this way, follow the follow the sparkles. Because Amy has formed and shaped my career. And I don't know if she knows how profoundly. Anyway, um, the vision was to create a, a, a dance experience for the viewing audience where they could tune in every day and see me. And I wanted people to feel alive and their vitality. I wanted to work on their balance and proprioception, which is spatial awareness. I also was really interested at that time, that's where it started, this notion of dance and neuroplasticity on cognitive acuity. And I just wanted them to have a regimen in their lives that gave them um, optimism through dance. And that's how it came to be. And when we named it the Barefoot Dancer, uh, I, w- I thought to myself, I didn't come up with the name, the producers did. I, I, I thought there's no way they're going to let us use the Barefoot Dancer because the original Barefoot Dancer is Isadora Duncan, the first modern dancer who danced in her bare feet back in the, in 1910 to 1920, unfortunately died a terrible death where her scarf got caught in the wheels of a Bugatti, um, and, and had a tragic life. But, oh my gosh, she really laid an incredible foundation for modern dance, just like Martha Graham. So I went there and I was obsessed with Isadora Duncan because she also ran, uh, dance schools for small children everywhere. She opened hundreds of schools for little kids because she understood the impact, the importance and relevance of dance in the development of the child. So I was, I was in awe of her and it was cleared. And I'm, and before every episode was taped, I looked up in the sky and I said, thank you, Isadora, I'm doing this for you. (laughs) And so the barefoot dancer came to be, um, Carol Hay was a producer and Amy Sky as my fairy god mother forged the way for me. Forged the way. It's, Amy Sky has said about you, whether it be a child or an octogenarian, Serena speaks the language that makes each of us reach inside, love ourselves, and go out there with new ferocity, 
and joy in life. I would work with her anytime in a heartbeat. So that that's that's right from her. Why is it so important to dance? And why is it the number one activity to defend the brain and increase the neural pathways and just make you healthier? Well, I think a big part of it is dance simultaneously integrates so many parts of the brain. And I want to say no other activity on this planet does it like dance. And it is definitive. Science has proven this, that dance is the number one activity for brain health. It just is. Judy, you said when you dance with me, it was an emotional experience. So, you know, when you run, it's not, you're not going to act when you go for running. And I used to be a runner, um, an, an avid runner. It, it, sometimes I felt emotional when, when I was running, but there's something about dance that just takes you away to another place. And I think it, it really is partly because of the music. It hits the brain like nothing else. And so the benefits are, are brilliant and um, are, I think, crucial. Everybody, if anybody who's listening, everybody should be dancing. They should be dancing and in bare feet. Mm. The utilization of the barefoot on the floor and the, the movement from heel to toe and the undulation of the metatarsals is crucial to enhance balance and proprioception. But I always encourage dancers, just take your shoes off for a second and feel the earth right under those feet Mm. and really create that deep connection. So from your beating heart and physical stamina that it requires, um, it, it is, it's again, it is medicine. It's medicine. It's so great. What is bliss for Serena Candelo? What is bliss? Mm -hmm. My real bliss? Well, of course, dance. But I think I'm just like everybody on the planet. I just, bliss is being with my friends and my family and my children with with a, a good meal in front of us and those shared experiences and um, and always having music. That is That is my bliss. And my bliss also is based on empowering others, uh, giving them, giving people an opportunity to share, explore, and express another side of who they are, a side that sometimes has been tucked away for many reasons. And, you know, life is short, so why not kick off your shoes and dance? Absolutely. I love that. I love it. I think Bliss is, is taking a dance class with you, and I really encourage everyone to do it. And during COVID, How has this all changed? Like during this pandemic, how has it changed your life as a community engager, artist, dancer, and musical theater director? Oh my goodness, Judy, it has changed my life completely. I, I, sometimes I shake my head and I'm, I feel like I'm in a Star Trek episode or something. It has completely changed my life. I have to say, I really miss the energy and the spirit of joyful people bumping around me and in and feeding sort of the space with sweet, joyful energy, which is palpable. So I do my best to create that through a virtual experience. My experience before was being surrounded by hundreds of people 
And now I'm by myself in my dance studio. But don't feel sorry for me because I look at on Sundays, I have 75 women who dance with me. So that honestly, and Serena, I'm telling you, honestly, I felt that we were there and I can't figure out why I felt that way. I have to do it a little more to figure out why, because I want to get to the bottom of it. But I did feel that we were all there together. And that's because of you and your incredible energy, just as a, I don't know, a spirit and just a beautiful, a beautiful angel on this planet. That's what I have to say. So Serena, how can people sign up for your dance classes, like the memory booster class on Friday, like your fabulous dance club on Sunday? Well, I have a very easy to use platform called Sasa Fit, S-A-S-A Fit, F-I-T dot com. And it is so reasonably priced. We wanted to make sure that everybody could join in. There's over a hundred workouts video on demand. I have at least 20 recorded dances. I go live three times a week. One of them is a dance club. The other is the memory booster. And then I also do old school cardio dance funk. Uh, right. Mm. Like I go right back. <laughs> and, um, you know, at the heart, I just want to say one last thing at the heart of everything I do is the notion of joy. And for me, joy is very different than happiness. And that's why I think I, I feel okay with this virtual experience because joy is still my purpose. Happiness, it works like this. When I get that, I'm going to be happy. When I get that guy, I'm going to be happy. When I get rich, I'm going to be happy. But joy is inside of the body. And there's sort of a, um, like a transcendence when joy is ignited and it's brought to you. It's sometimes like a gift. Um, but it's a state of being. It's, it's not, and it's usually done with people. And so that dance club and my dance classes at the heart of it, at the heart, heart of it is trying to really give rise to that inherent sense of joy that we all have. I love that. This, this is so perfect for our show, Finding Your Bliss. Serena Candelo, you're amazing. How can people follow you on social media and just be part of your beautiful dance joy? So you can follow us on your Sassafit on Instagram and on Facebook. And uh, uh, you'll find me there. I'm always posting. I'm always talking to the viewers out there. But that's the best and direct way that they can connect with me. That's fantastic. I want to thank you so much for being here today. The time flew by. I feel like we could have talked for another couple of hours, but it was so fantastic. Thank you so much for helping everyone take one step closer to their finding their bliss. Thank you for creating this. You have given me such joy. And honestly, Judy, you have also affirmed my purpose in a way right now, this is, this is a real, um, profound experience for me to share that last hour with you. Thank you for being so generous of spirit and, 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 and so, um, prepared. (laughs) And I, I just feel like you really get me and you really saw me and there's something extraordinary in that. I, I will forever be grateful. Thank you, Judy. I want to thank you so much, Serena Candelo, for being a guest on our show today. We're going to go on a short commercial break. When we come back, we're going to hear all about our featured artist this week, a very good friend of Serena Candelo's, and that is Amy Skye, and we'll hear one of her beautiful songs back in a moment.
Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio. And we just finished our fantastic interview with Serena Condello, who also happens to be a very good friend of our featured artist this week, and that is Amy Skye. Award-winning singer-songwriter Amy Skye has 12 solo CDs to her credit. She released two CDs in 2016, Twilight Rose, a collection of original Hebrew spiritual world music, and Live On, a collaboration with Olivia Newton-John and Beth Nielsen Chapman of songs to support those healing from loss. Well known for her use of real-life experience in songwriting, Sky's music has created a lasting impact on fans with songs like I Will Take Care of You and hits like Ordinary Miracles. Amy's written for herself and for dozens of other international recording stars, such as Anne Murray, Reba McIntyre, Diana Ross, Heart and Rock Bazine. Winner of three SOCAN Awards and an American Songwriting Award, Amy has also been nominated for three Juno Awards, Best New Artist and twice for Best Songwriter, and East Coast, West Coast, and Canadian Independent Music Awards. Amy has also been recognized for her work as a mental health advocate. In 2006, she was awarded the CAMH Courage to Come Back Award. In 2009, she was honored with the Mood Disorders Association Hero Inspiration Award for her commitment to helping remove the stigma from mental health issues. Amy Skye lives in Toronto with her husband, singer-songwriter Mark Jordan. In 2021, they will begin releasing singles from their upcoming first ever duets album, He Sang, She Sang. Can't wait to have you on the show in person soon with your new album. Each week, we spotlight a singer-songwriter or musician on the show. If you're a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. Also, we encourage you to visit us at Finding Your Bliss magazine and be sure to sign up for Bliss News. And of course, you can follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. I would also like to thank my phenomenal guests, Serena Candelo, Arlena Bramsky, and Amy Skye for being on the show today. And a big thank you to supervising producer Mag Ruffman, production manager Siobhan Kiley, PA researcher, editor Haley Allegia, audio producer Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. This show has been recorded by Squadcast. For all of us here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Lee Brack, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.